to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. We live in the Spirit, so therefore let us walk in step with the Spirit. And in walking in step with the Spirit, what we're doing is we're yielding to the inner impulses of the Spirit. See, what the Spirit does as He's resident within us and as we're cultivating our lives of the Spirit, what the Spirit does is He gives us impulses. He gives us impulses toward the right thing. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Galatians. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23 in a message titled, Life in the Spirit. Now, here's Pastor Brian. When we think of fruit, and maybe I want to take you back to what we said in our previous study about fruit, one of the things that I emphasized was that fruit doesn't, you know, work to produce itself, right? Fruit is the outcome of this connection. As Jesus told us, he he is the vine, we are the branches. He that abides in me bears much fruit. And so we emphasize that aspect of it, that fruit is, you know, it's not something that I have to work up. It's something that quite often is just the, the overflow or the product of the relationship that I am having with the, with the Lord, that, that abiding relationship, that, that intimate relationship. But now there's also another aspect to it that we have to consider because there are times because of the reality of the, the flesh warring against the spirit and the spirit warring against the flesh, because of that factor, there are times when if the fruit of the Spirit is going to manifest itself, it's going to manifest itself because I choose for it to do so. And I want you to understand that there's, there's a distinction here. There are times when the fruit of the Spirit is just there. You're not, uh, apart from just your you know, ongoing connection with Jesus, you're not trying to, to bring it up. It's, it's just there. And you know, we probably have had these kinds of experiences where in, a, in maybe a crisis situation, you just have peace. And you can't even explain it. It doesn't even make any sense to you. And you're not, you're not trying to have peace. You just have peace. Well, that's, you know, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Or maybe you're dealing with a difficult person. And anybody else would be angry with this person. Anybody else would want to you know, strike out against them. But you just have this unexplainable love for them. You you can't even figure it out yourself. You think, well, I should be angry at them, but I'm not. I I just have such love and compassion for them. Well, that's that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's that's the work of God's Spirit in your life. And like I said, it's even sort of a mystery to you, but it's there. But that's not always the way it works, and that's what we need to be aware of. Because there are times when we have to choose to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. There are times when, in a sense, we have to sort of flip the switch 
in order for the fruit of the Spirit to flow. And let me, let me show you what I mean, because every one of these things that we just looked at, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, all, all the way through to the end, and in the context here of fruit, the idea is that they're just flowing, naturally kind of developing, but all of these things are stated in other places in the New Testament as things that we have to sometimes choose to engage in. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, he says, pursue love. So you see, here's a, an, an action now on my part. The love sometimes isn't just naturally flowing. I, I have to pursue it. I have to, like I said, uh, flip the switch for, in, in order for it to begin to flow. And the same is true with joy. James tells us to count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, a lot of times when we're in the midst of a trial, we're not all that joyful. But again, sometimes we have this unexplainable joy. But there are those occasions where I have to sort of flip the switch. Oh, wow, this is a trial. I'm not joyful. Lord, where's the joy? You got to flip the switch and the joy comes then as you choose to be joyful. And the same is true with peace. The same is true with kindness and meekness and long-suffering. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You see, there are those times when that other experience of peace is not necessarily there initially. We have to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. And likewise, there are times when the kindness isn't there immediately. The meekness might not be there. The long-suffering might not be there. And so in Colossians 3.12, Paul says, put these things on. Put on kindness. Put on meekness. Put on long-suffering. So you see, there are times when I have to engage the will. Now, the, the fruit of the Spirit, remember, it's the Spirit. It's there but it's like, it's like a, a reservoir that needs to be tapped and then the flow comes. So I want us to see that because if we, if we don't recognize that both of these things are true, then we might miss the, the, the opportunities to have the fruit of the Spirit when we really do need to have them but because we're thinking that it's just supposed to sort of naturally be there and it's not there, then we just kind of move on and say, well, whatever. No, I, I, I need to tap into it at that particular moment. And so choosing the fruit of the Spirit. There are those times when that is how the fruit of the Spirit manifests. That's how the fruit of the Spirit flows from me because I make the choice for that to happen. Now, Paul says in verse 25 here, he says, since we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, we've been looking at just this whole topic of walking in the Spirit, right? We started in verse 16, walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And here, once again, we come back to that, uh, that call to walk in the Spirit. But the thing that I want us to really sort of zero in on more than anything today is just the whole idea 
and the picture of what it is to live in the Spirit. This is what he says. Since we live in the Spirit, let us walk in step with the Spirit. What does it mean to live in the Spirit? Well, that's who we are. We, we need to understand this, and we need to think of ourselves this way, and we, it would probably be good to even refer to ourselves in this way. We are the people of the Spirit. We are the people. The church is it's a body of, of people all over the, the planet who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, this is not the, the normal experience of a human being, right? The vast majority of people live and die without ever having been indwelt by the Spirit. But it's those who put their faith in Christ that are indwelt by the Spirit. So we become, through faith in Christ, we become the people of the Spirit. And what that looks like then is that our lives are about the things of the Spirit more than they are about the things of the, the flesh. But I don't even want to just say the flesh. I want, to, I want you to see it as just the, the material order. Now, of course, we live in the material world and we engage with the material world and we are material beings, but we are more than that. We are spiritual beings. We have been born of the Spirit, and so we live in the Spirit. The Spirit lives in us and we dwell in the Spirit. And so our whole outlook should be a spiritual outlook. And if you think about it, if you think about the, this distinction between, okay, here are the people of the spirit and, you know, the vast majority of the rest of humanity is not the people of the spirit. There ought to be something that's, that's pretty clearly different between those two categories. And that's exactly what God intends. And that's exactly what Paul even states here that, it's not about religious ritual. Remember, it's about a new creation. So we are the people of the Spirit. You know, the Jewish people are referred to sometimes as the people of the book. Have you ever heard that kind of reference given to Jewish people? They're, they're the people of the book. Why? Well, because, you know, the land of Israel and the Bible, much of it was you know, written in the context of the land of Israel. And when you go to the land of Israel today, you find that you're, you're just surrounded by the things that we've read in this book. So the Jewish people have sort of gotten that label as the, the people of the book. Well, we are the people of the Spirit. And that should be the designating factor for others as they look on at us. They'd say, well, you know, they look like us. And, you know, if they sort of touch you, it's like, well, they feel like we do. And um, but there's something about them that's just different. What is it? That's the distinguishing thing. People of the spirit. And so people of the spirit, we live in the spirit. We conduct ourselves in the Spirit. Our lives bear the fruit of the Spirit. That's, that's the thing that is going to set us apart, both for the glory of God, but also it's going to become an attractive thing to others. Going back to fruit for a moment, sometimes fruit, it just looks delightful. 
And because it looks so delightful, you think, man, I want to taste that. I want to try that. That looks amazing. And you taste it and see that, oh, yes, this is so good. And it's, it's our lives, the, the fruit of the Spirit being the mark of our lives that people would look on and say, you know, that, that looks good. I, I want to taste that. Now, on, on this, just this whole idea of being the people of the Spirit, we need to remember, because I think we easily forget that we are the people of the Spirit. And we sometimes forget that the real world, real in the sense of the one that's going to last, is the spiritual world. The physical world is obviously real, but it's temporary. The spiritual world is the eternal world. And so we need to be thinking in those terms. We need to remember that we are, are part of this, this spiritual world. And this is one of the reasons why it's so important for us as believers to be in the word of God. Because you know what the Bible is? The Bible is, it's a doorway into the realm of the spirit. Here we are in this material world. And, you know, in a sense, we're, we're sort of, most of the time, we're just kind of shut in to this material world. But you know what happens when you open the Bible and read it? Suddenly, the door opens to the spiritual world. Suddenly, you realize, oh, wait, yes, there are angels. Oh, my, there are demons. And, oh, God, yes, he, he intervenes in the lives of people. There's a whole other dimension that we oftentimes, even as Christians, even as people of the spirit, there are oftentimes when we're just living completely on the plane of the material and we're, we're forgetting. Maybe not completely forgetting, but it's just kind of sometimes comes to a place where it, it's just sort of that's, you know, so far in the back of our heads, we're, we're not thinking in those terms. But we need to think in those terms. This, this past week as I was just doing part of my personal devotional kind of reading. I'm, I'm reading through a book by an author that I really like, and it, it's a book on Christian doctrine and biblical doctrine. And um, there was, there was a, the chapter that I was coming up on for that particular morning was a chapter on angels. And, and quite frankly, I'm, I feel like I know enough about angels. I mean, I didn't really, I, I kind of thought I might skip this chapter. Let me see, what's the one after? Oh yeah, I like that chapter better. But I, at the same time, I felt like, no, you know, I'm, I'm making my way through the book. I want to read the whole thing. So I made the decision to read the chapter on angels, but I thought, yeah, I already know everything that anybody would ever need to know about angels anyway, but uh, I'm going to read it. So I read it, and, you know, I didn't learn anything new about angels, but this is what the Lord did through that chapter. He reminded me that there are angels everywhere. He reminded me that I live in the midst of a supernatural world. He reminded me that I am one of the people of the spirit. He reminded me that there is this spiritual world that is a reality that, of course, I know it, but I just become a little bit desensitized to it. And as I'm reading over this chapter on angels, and I'm just, you know, and the, the writer is, you know, very faithful to just kind of take you through the, the scriptural accounts of the 
appearances of angels and you know what it was that they were sent by God to do and so forth. It's just this fresh reminder to me that, oh yes, angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who are the heirs of salvation. And you know, one of the things that immediately came to mind was all of these reports that we are getting these days about people coming out of Islam to faith in Christ, people who have never heard the gospel, people who live in an entirely Islamic context, but they're having these appearances in dreams and in visions of these messengers who are coming to bring them the gospel. And I thought, wow, that's a a current manifestation of the ministry of angels right there. But that we would also remember that Many times in the pages of the New Testament, it was through the intervention of angels that God's people were helped. Now, I didn't walk away from that going, man, I need to think more about angels as much as I walked away from it going, thank you, Lord, that you just kind of refreshed me today on the reality of the spiritual realm. And what I do need to think about is the fact that we are the people of the spirit and we are to live with that consciousness of the spirit and with the expectation of God as as being very near and active in our lives and not to be surprised by the supernatural, but to expect the supernatural. It's very easy for us, even as Christians, to turn our, our faith into something that's more intellectual or academic or informational. And... I'm not against intellectual, academic, or informational. We need that kind of stuff. But we have to remember that, no, we're talking about something way beyond that. As much as we obviously have to be rooted intellectually or intelligently in the truth of the gospel, we have to remember that there's an experiential element to all of this, and it's a supernatural experience. We expect God to work. We expect him to show up. We expect him to do the things that, that defy science, that defy logic, that, that don't make sense from the merely material point of view. We, we, ex- we should expect God to do that because that's what he does. And he does it still to this very day in the lives of those who are his people. And that's everyone who's put their faith in Christ We are the people of the Spirit. And so Paul says, since we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So that's where we live. We live in the Spirit. Let us walk in the Spirit. Let us be that picture to people out there of something that's different. There's just something different about this person. I've heard that said so many times from a person who came to faith through the witness of another person. So many times I've heard that story. You know, there was this person I worked with and I don't know, there was just something different about him. I couldn't even exactly pinpoint what it was, but there was something different about him and come to find out it was the fact that they were a believer. And so what they couldn't describe, what they were actually seeing was the fact that this person is, this is a person of the spirit. So that's who we are. We live in the spirit. So therefore let us walk in step with the spirit and in walking in step with the spirit, 
what we're doing is we're yielding to the inner impulses of the Spirit. See, what the Spirit does as he's resident within us and as we're cultivating our lives of the Spirit, what the Spirit does is he gives us impulses. He gives us impulses toward the right thing, toward manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. Like I was saying a moment ago, he, he gives us the impulse, which is to flip the switch so the love can flow. Now, sometimes, like I said, the, those impulses themselves are enough to just bring that fruit of the Spirit up. But sometimes the impulse, for whatever reason, can be weak. And sometimes it's because maybe we're, uh, our hearts have grown, uh, become hardened. Maybe it's because of neglect of the things of the Spirit. Or maybe we've done something to kind of quench the Spirit in our lives. And, and there's a, a, that, that impulse isn't as, um, we're not as attuned to it as we might be at other times. For, and sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's just, for whatever reason, we're just not as attuned to it. And, and so why I'm saying all of this is because it is a matter of yielding to the inner impulse. But when the inner impulse isn't strong, we've got God's word, which is always going to be the thing that we look back upon and know this is how I respond here. So even in a circumstance where I, I know that I need to act in love, the inner impulse to act in love is not really there, but the scripture says pursue love. So you see, I pursue love because the scripture says to do so. And so in another situation, you know, the inner impulse to be kind is not there, but I know the scripture says be kind to one another. So I act upon the word of God. And, and the reason I'm telling you this is because, you know, sometimes the inner impulse is there and it's, you just know this is the way to go. And, and like I said earlier, sometimes it's even, you didn't even have to think about it. That's just where you went. But there are those other times where that's not there. So this is where God's word is there as the standard for us. And this is how we know that this is what we're to do in this circumstance. And we know that as we step out in obedience to God's word, the power of the spirit is then supplied to us to live out the attitude and the behavior that God intends for us. The spirit is supplied to us so that we can manifest the fruit of the spirit. And the end result is a delightful result where God is glorified and his truth is magnified and, and people are affected by that, impacted by that. And so this is God's intention for us. We are the people of the Spirit. His intention is that we bear the fruit of the Spirit, that faith working through love, that new creation. And it's through that that others are impacted. Others are attracted others are drawn. So let's pray that, you know, God will help us to, to walk that out in our daily lives.
now, let's join Pastor Brian and Cheryl in the studio as they share about this month's resource. So, Brian, John Bonner, a missionary pioneer in Peru, has written a book. He has written a book called The Myth of Coincidence, and it is such a great book. It's a small book, but you know how both of us love missionary biographies? That's right. Well, this is one adventure, I'll tell you. It's an amazing story of how, you know, John's own personal life and some of the things that happened, some of the tragedy, his meeting Pilar, his wife in Mexico City, them being there during one of the big earthquakes, and then the Lord leading them into Peru. And now 20 years they've been in Peru and pioneering the gospel there, planted many churches, and I couldn't put the book down. It was a page turner. So John Bonner, And the title, again, is The Myth of Coincidence. And he just basically shows through the book that there are no coincidences, that God is at work behind the scenes. Again, this month's resource is a book titled The Myth of Coincidence by John Bonner. You can order the book The Myth of Coincidence by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it, and then click on the Donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book, The Myth of Coincidence by John Bonner, to help you understand that God is working behind the scenes in your life, too. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Galatians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.